over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Our 9 o'clock hour, on the house hour, we spend this hour talking about something specifically on your home, castle, or cabin. To join the conversation, it's one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923, and you can also email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com. And if you follow along in the home maintenance calendar that we publish every year, we're just just finalized uh, our 2023 calendar last week. It's going to the print. It's at the printers now, so we'll be mailing that out here next week. If you would like one, you just let us know by emailing us the address you would like us to send the calendar to, and we'll drop one in the mail to you. If you want to verify your address from our website, you can hit the e-store and order it for free through our Shopify account, and we push that because a lot of times somebody doesn't type in their address right. Uh, this verifies it so you know you're going to get it, uh, and it show up in your mailbox here in the next couple of weeks. But for November of 2022, it's our theme for the month is Home for the Holidays, and today we're going to be uh, our article, if you get our weekly email newsletter that goes out on Thursdays, you know it is making sure you... Do let your holiday plans go down the drain, avoiding any kind of plumbing catastrophe or emergency that your home may could possibly experience with the extra traffic if you're expecting holiday visitors coming in. Uh, so there's some things that we're going to cover today uh, to get you through the holidays, a little preventative maintenance or what to do if the worst happens. And you join the conversation by dialing one 767 we also have Bruce Stumble from Rosie Wright Remodeling in Studio joining us this morning. Good morning. And we've got a fun story to talk about in the 10 o'clock hour with the new project that y'all are in the early mm-hmm. stages of mm-hmm. what is thought to be one of the oldest, if not the oldest home in Paradise Valley. Y'all are getting ready to start a remodel on. Yeah, and it's have planning for that for a while now. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it's going to happen soon. A very cool adobe uh, built home that is uh, right off. It, it is not far off of one of the main roads, Mm-mm. but uh, tucked the, back in it, there, you'd never know. You would never know. Now, you've probably driven by it. If you've ever driven down Tatum, you've driven past it and have no idea. No idea. Yep. And it's not even like the road goes anywhere. Mm-mm. It turns off, it just dead ends yep. right there. So yep. It was built in 1932? Uh, actually, I believe the 20s. Where there's a lot we're still figuring out with it, <laughs> but um, it's got, I mean, you know, it's got two foot thick adobe walls and parts that just the little bit of discovery that we've done so and i got a chance to see it uh, uh earlier this week it, it's interesting to see a bedroom that's sunken <laughs> but the window is level to yeah. the ground <laughs> yeah it's had some water intrusion issues okay. over the years as you can imagine and it's so. next to a wash uh, yes <laughs> yeah 
But we'll talk about that in our open home hour at 10 o'clock coming up. Today, we're, or this hour, we're focusing more on preventative maintenance for things to be prepared for as your holiday guests arrive, uh, starting with the plumbing, you know, that uh, you don't realize how much you appreciate it <laughs> until it's not working. Yeah. I uh, When I got the article this week, I looked at the picture of the, you know, kitchen sink backed up and I'm like, Ugh. but... I have uh, experienced that before, and it's always, you know, uh, you know, around the holidays, your plumbing just gets, you know, if you have guests and, you know, holidays in full swing. Um, <laughs> if you got a drain that's a little bit slow and you've been been ignoring it, it's going to make itself known at the worst possible moment in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it's just. You know what is it, Murphy's Law? So it's just that's when it's going to happen. So now. I mean, we're getting a little close here, but it's uh, it's time to think about that drain you've been ignoring. And for something that's as simple as a two-part piece system in plumbing, you've got your supply lines and you've got your drain lines. Uh, there's a reason there's hundreds of plumbers, uh, <laughs> companies that ha- employ hundreds of individual plumbers. They it, it seems very simple and like something that you could do just hands off. You mm-hmm. got your supply, your drain, but problems do happen. And one of the tips that the article covers that I really liked, we're not really, you know, yes, we did get somebody, you know, a little self-righteous complaining that this wastes water, but I'll address that in a second. We advised everybody to fill up your sinks and fill up your tub and then drain them and watch them and watch for the whirlpool effect. If you don't get the whirlpool effect, you are not getting the proper amount mm-hmm. of drainage. It could be uh, something that's blocking the vent. It could be something that's blocking, uh, you know, the, the drain downline. But that's an indication that you've got something downhill yeah. that's not working properly. Now, uh, sure, you could time it around when you're doing dishes, and mm-hmm. uh, so you're not using water just for testing. You could do it around your shower. But you know, last hour, Jay was talking about most of our water is used outdoors. What we didn't talk about is the water that is used indoors. If you are connected to the city uh, systems, Arizona does a very good job repurposing that water. Yes. And I'm not saying waste water pouring it down the drain, uh, but it gets reused. Uh, a lot of our golf courses are all watered by mm-hmm. reclaimed water. Now, you could argue, do we have too many golf courses? That's a different time and a different topic. <laughs> Depends and, on if you like golf or not. And I agree. <laughs> Don't. Um, but that also uh, creates our power. All the water that Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant uses uh, to generate electricity and use as the chilling and use in the chilling towers as well, it is all reclaimed hmm. water. So every time... You flush water down your drain. It goes to a. It goes through multiple clearing uh, processes. the The first one is the solid waste removal around Ninety right. First Avenue. Right. That if you're in that area, you know, <laughs> you know what, what I'm talking doing. about. <laughs> so that's where your solids are removed, and then it's then treated again on site at Palo Verde, and the nuclear reactor is actually submerged in water. Mm-hmm. It's thousands. It's over two thousand degrees that it's. Uh, the the reactors uh, generating energy, but it's it's submerged in water that say is so pure, 
it would dehydrate you if you drank it. Mm. Now, you wouldn't like sit there and die right away. Right. But you no could live no, on yeah. the water at, uh, uh, for any sustained amount of time because it's so pure. But then it's also used in the chilling towers, and then it goes out to the evaporation pond. So because we you know, it's the only nuclear power plant in the entire country that's not built on on a body of water. A body mm-hmm. of water. So that body of water is created by the water that's flushed down our drain. So, yeah. and we're we're not telling you to turn on your faucet and just let it run and walk away. We're not saying <laughs> no. that. Still we're just turn it off that, when you brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, obviously we uh, we need to be a little more water aware than in the past, but um, it doesn't all just go nowhere so, um, so as you're doing your chores or in your uh daily routines watch for yep. that whirlpool down the drain especially you know kitchen sinks are the biggest culprit because your grease you know everybody tries to not get greasy foods down there but it's just inevitable i mean it, well know. and especially when you have guests over if right. you are Somebody that's so diligent and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the very last paragraph of the article made me laugh. It said, you know, for your kitchen sink, never put pasta, coffee grounds, grease, eggshells, fruit pits, potato peels, or food items that expand. I'm like, (laughs) all of that goes down our drain. (laughs) And it made me think of uh, Tim Allen. Did you ever see him when he put his Benford 1000? Garbage you know disposal in, and he went out and grabbed a, a tree branch out of the yard. Stuck it came in it. And yeah, stuck I it think in. I do vaguely. I think I do. <laughs> what else can I cram down this? Well, like, even if you're diligent and don't use any of that, that doesn't mean your guests are going right. to be that mm-hmm. um, aware or mm-hmm. uh, use. My, we have a funny family story of my mom backing up what was then my grandparents' house in Arcadia on. If I'm remembering right, on Christmas because some potato peels went down that drain, oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, they uh, had to call in the plumber on Christmas. So <laughs> that's not cheap. No, <laughs> but again, some of those ingredients could make good compost. Yeah, or something to think yeah. about. If you do garden, that is a great spot to uh, have your compost pile up by the kitchen sink, mm-hmm. so they can get captured there. But uh, there's a couple things we. To know about your garbage disposal if it doesn't work when you turn it on. The first one is there's a reset button down Mm -hmm. there that sometimes you can just simply hit the reset button and it works. But if that doesn't, if you put a lot of stuff down your disposal, all of that can gunk it up. And when you turn it on, the motor's not strong enough mm-hmm. to break, break that, that seal yeah. seal through. Or if it's been sitting for a while, it, you know, if you're a part-time Arizona homeowner and you come back, um, it's pretty common for those to be locked up, you know, just a little bit of, you know, even with the stainless steel ones. Um, I don't know if necessarily rust, but just a little bit of grit will lock them up and, and people don't realize that you can unlock them. Which is very easy. It takes it a big Allen wrench. Mm-hmm. In fact, I even bought one specifically for it out of a set. It's not an Allen wrench that comes in a, a folding set mm-hmm. where everything, you know, you fold it together and you can put it in your pocket like a knife. And you take it out and you've got 12 different options. No, it's one solid bar. Yep. And it comes down and it's a T-shape. So there's mm-hmm. a handle. I selected the right size and I just keep it underneath mm-hmm. the kitchen sink. If you crawl under there and look 
at the up at the bottom of the garbage yep. disposal, there's a place where you insert the Allen wrench, mm-hmm. and then you manually turn it, yep. and that'll break free anything that has clogged it up. And once you're able to spin it by hand, well, then the motor can spin it the mm-hmm. rest and run your a little bit extra water. You know, they say thirty seconds uh, while the disposal is running to let whatever gunk is in there clean out Mm -hmm. and to be on the safe side unplug that garbage disposal before you do that correct well if you're going to stick your hand down that's my point top but but this allen wrench where you're underneath it underneath the the cabinet sink you'll be all right yeah To address a quick text question, I had talked about the reclaimed water being used to water golf courses, and somebody texted in and said, why can't golf courses use artificial turf instead? Hmm. Well, here's something that um, artificial turf manufacturers aren't going to tell you, and I'm not saying anything's bad with artificial turf, but everything takes water. Mm Mm-hmm. To manufacture artificial turf, it takes a ton of water. Most of that, the good quality stuff that's made in America, all comes out of Georgia. Hmm. So now you've got to truck it from Georgia to Arizona. Transportation, the harvesting, the manufacturing, the refinering of crude oil into gasoline takes a ton of water. So by the time you manufacture enough to cover a nine-horse golf course. Oh, imagine an 18-hole. <laughs> ship it to Arizona. The amount of equipment it would take to install mm-hmm. that, you w- probably would not save any water over the lifetime of what that artificial turf would be uh, viable for. And the amount of foot traffic you would get on that, it probably wouldn't last the 10 or 15 years that they – you know, sell residentially, and then you've got to take it out. And they say, well, it can be recycled, yes, but, you know, very few of things, you know, who's buying that? Mm-hmm. Very few things that can be recycled ever get recycled because you've got to have somebody buying that material yeah. to repurpose it. So in the long run, it's you're, you're not saving any water if you were going to switch out a golf course to artificial turf. Can you, know? you imagine a par four, 500 yards, and it's all artificial turf? <laughs> like what Romy said. How many, lot, yeah. how many hundreds of thousands of truckloads exactly. of 18-wheelers would mm-hmm, that take mm-hmm. to bring it out and roll it out? And you know, yeah, so. It's come a long way, but it's not uh, – <laughs> it's still not grass. It, it's you – know, keep it for your castles and coasters, putt-putt. And, mm-hmm. and not only that, you know, putting greens use artificial turf. You know, if you just uh, some of the little backyard some of the little ones. backyard mm-hmm. ones, but um, mm-hmm. no, you're right. That's a lot of turf. <laughs> and then we had uh, an email in and said wants to know what to do about a cast iron tub that has rust around the drain. Is there anything she can apply to it to prevent that rust from stopping? Yeah, I, it, they're all band aids. Um, you need to clean up the rust, of course, and then there are little repair kits. Um, some of them almost look like you're applying nail polish. Um, it's, you know, it's not going to look brand new. That's just the way it is. Um, and there are, uh, services out there that will, uh, like re-epoxy the whole tub. Uh, in my experience, that is also a temporary fix and that stuff will come off eventually. 
Um, so was it really worth the extra to do the whole thing if it's going to peel anyway? Um, so if you're not ready to replace the tub, yeah, there's small repair kits you can get at most hardware stores. Uh, clean the rust off, um, you know, just a good good cleaning of it, maybe a little rust out, something like that. And then that epoxy will keep you going. And, and uh, of course, the caveat that is is that we're not talking about a tub that's like rusting through. Right. <laughs> if there's holes in it, then yeah, that's a different story. And it, it will take a long time for that rust to oh, make yeah. its way all the way through. And the truly professional way to do it, you know, you would have to sandblast. Oh, yeah. And remove the rust. And then bake on a new enamel coating, which, you know, they bake it on at over 1,400 degrees. So it's a very intensive process. You're going to pull one of those ovens into your bathroom. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're well past your, your economic value of mm-hmm. saving your uh, – there's a lot of liners that they can put over the top. Yeah. Um, you know, that are, are pretty common and affordable. And uh, – when they came out 30 years ago, 40 years ago, it was a solution, but a lot of people, you know, thought it was looked a little too cheap. Mm-hmm. But you know, they uh, the patterns in them now, you can get them to look like tile, you can get them to look like marble. Uh, they they've really enhanced just how classy the liners over the top can look. So that's a way that you can you know prevent the water from it touching the cast iron mm-hmm. to keep the rust from hitting it, but give you a brand new. Uh, look on top that'll extend the life of that, you know, I, I don't want to give an, an exact year yeah, number, I'd, but hundreds, you know, they're, uh, d- dozens of decades anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're just, I, I have seen the liners. I am just, <clears throat> I am very unfamiliar with them. That is not something that we would do in one of our projects. That's just not the type of stuff we do. So when y'all, I know this, a lot of this revolves around client choice, but if, when you're directing a homeowner to pick out their tub, are you still pushing them towards cast iron, or is there another Not style that y'all like? Yeah, it just you know, cast iron's heavy and difficult to move around, and if it chips, you know, good luck. Um, so we do a lot of the the more modern, you know, acrylics and fiberglasses, and um, or or steel. You know, we've actually put in some steel tubs for when uh, budget was in consideration. So. We've, we've used them all, but it uh, oftentimes we're going to a more modern material. More about uh, preventative maintenance for your home as a holiday guest come. And if you'd like to join the conversation, one 767 4348 So we covered what to do if your disposal locks up and handling it from underneath the sink well let's let's talk in top of the sink now that rubber flap that goes that protects the splashing from coming up when you turn it on the underneath that can get uh yeah a a lot of slime buildup uh, can happen on that some some of them you can pull out and scrub and Mm -hmm. stick in the washing machine and send it through a cycle some of them are uh, are not detachable, yeah. and you've got to just some of the older ones usually, you know, do the best you can of mm-hmm. getting that cleaned off. Uh, but aside from the flap, 
and this can apply to all the sinks, is pouring, uh, instead of using any kind of drain cleaner, we're not a fan of drain cleaners for a lot of reasons. The the chemical compounds, uh, part of it, I touched on it earlier, is we reuse a lot of our water that goes down the drain. So the cleaner we can send it down the drain, the easier it is for the treatment plants mm-hmm. to clean and retreat that water to put it back into uh, irrigation or power plants or, you know, they, they've even got uh, certain beers that they're making locally that are approved for off of uh, reclaimed water. And huh. they just had that event a few weeks ago on the waterfront in Scottsdale. And darn it, I wanted to go try those beers. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, a lot of additional – so the cleaner it can, goes down, the cleaner – uh, and better it is. Now, there's a lot of water that goes down the drain, so it does dilute quite a bit. Uh, but again, if everybody was dumping chemical mm-hmm. drain cleaners down their drain, you know, yeah. every little bit adds up and that adds up a lot. But what you can do is take a half a cup of baking soda and pour it down the drain and then just let it sit there for a little while and follow it by a cup of white vinegar and let it sit for about an hour. And then after that, Pour, uh, boil a, a pot of water and then pour that down the drain. And that baking soda and vinegar uh, will sit there for that hour while it's all down there and just kind of foam and do its thing and clean uh, the guts in the inside. And then the boiling water helps flush, uh, flush all of that grease and gunk and everything it loosened up down the drain. And if you do that, I don't I think you, need, you don't need to do that to all your sinks on a monthly basis but we do recommend that on your garbage disposal on a monthly basis to help keep that that clean and you know you hear a lot of times dump ice down your disposal to sharpen the blades well it doesn't there's the garbage disposal that's not blades inside there no they're actually they you know if you look down inside there um i don't even know how to totally describe them you know we say blades but they're almost like tabs little metal tabs. So they're not actually sharp. Um, <laughs> if garbage disposals required those to be sharp, they would work for all of about a month, and then you <laughs> would have to resharpen them. And uh, I'm sorry, frozen water's not going to sharpen stainless steel. So um, y- there are some cleaning benefits to it, but it, it it it's not sharpening your blades. No. No, but you can, like you said, uh, clean off. It helps, you know, that – metal hitting against that mm-hmm. ice can help deteriorate and break down anything that might have mm-hmm. built up on those and and against it so it's it That's doesn't kind of hurt anything but you're not sharpening no uh no. blades and i briefly mentioned on earlier coffee grounds there's a sign here at the station by every single kitchen <laughs> don't you know the number one you know according to plumbers the number one cause of drain leaks is coffee's coffee. down the drain don't yeah. put your coffee grinds down the drain. Yeah. But a lot of people, that's their uh, water freshener. They put it down there to uh, you know, keep the smell. And mm. uh, prov- you know, that's their uh, deodorant for their garbage disposal. <laughs> but if you clean the rubber flap and you let yeah. water run after you're done using the disposal for a few seconds to get everything washed out, you don't need uh, – you won't need that deodorizer. Yeah, most uh, – I – Personally, I believe most garbage disposal odor is from the underside of that rubber splash guard. Um, Most people don't even realize that with most, especially if it's been 
built in the last 10 years, I'd say, um, you can pop that thing out. And if you haven't done that, you know, give it a try. Do it on an empty stomach. Yeah, and turn it over, and you'll probably see where a lot of that smells coming from. Yeah, don't so. do not do that after you eat. That's one way to ruin a good meal. <laughs> yeah. And another thing you want to do on an empty stomach is if you need to go snake your bathroom sinks or your showers, <laughs> the amount of hair that you have no idea is I, uh, just below the surface of I that I did drain. that last weekend. And uh, <laughs> I have two girls and uh, was uh, doing something, cleaning up something in their, in their bathroom and noticed some rings in the tub. And so I asked them, I said, is the tub draining? And they're like, well, not really. Like, when were you going to tell me? Um, so it, I, it is by the next morning when I take my next shower. Uh-huh. No, it was bad, bad. So I uh, I have one of the little rooters and attach my power drill to it. And, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's not something you do right after dinner. <laughs> and describe that tool. Mine's a manual one. You you have something that attaches to your yeah. Drill. So it's probably very similar to what you have, but they have a uh, a uh, the the chuck basically comes out of the back of it, and you just put your power drill um, on it like you were you know attaching a you know Phillips head or something like that. Um, you snake it in a little ways. It's got a – it had directions on it. You kind of rotate it, and then you get your drill going, and it will actually spin it all the way down in. And they, they tell you, like, don't go past this with a tub and don't – you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, – oh, and with tubs, if you've never done it before, do some research because do not snake down the drain itself because the way tub plumbing is built, um, you will at a minimum probably damage that – router cable you actually want to take the cover plate off of the overflow which is on the you know the the front wall right underneath your spout basically and put it down that um but uh yeah you just you attach your drill bit turn the drum the right way it spins it down in uh turn the drum again keep going and it brings it back up and yeah that that drain was pretty bad (laughs) and when it comes back out was it just Full of gunk, or it yeah. was, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you got to have a trash bag with plastic, and you know, there was, there wear was some cleanup. <laughs> there was some cleanup for a while, for sure. So I, uh, the, yeah, I, I have uh, our plumbers are amazing guys, and I have a lot of uh, admiration for their iron stomachs that they have to have for doing that job day in and day out. So because uh, I, other than here or there, I don't think I could handle that. And, now, can you use that same snake on the commode? I don't know. I don't think I would just because of the way that the plumbing drain um, goes, you know, through the, the goes through the porcelain there. But uh, I'd have to ask one of our plumbers. <laughs> um, In that case, a lot of times you turn the water off, the, the supply water off to the toilet. Mm-hmm. There's a bolt on each side. You take that off. Then you lift it up, and usually when you do that, you got to put a new rack swing on it mm-hmm. when you come back. But uh, the the plug is I, – I don't know a case where the plug's actually in the porcelain part mm-hmm. of the toilet. It's always down past – Usually from once my you understanding, get to the, yeah. to the trap. And if your drain is in good condition, you know, that, that toilet drain is bigger than any of the other drains in your bathroom. 
Um, you know, that's typically going to be a three-inch line. And plunging, which I think everybody's relatively familiar with, I would think, um, unless it's really bad, that does work very well. So um, it's simple. Plungers are cheap. That's always where I would start um, if you can't get it to go from there. And check out the article. It gives some tips. But um, if you can't go from there, you need to call a plumber because something's going on. And with the modern technology and the equipment a lot of plumbers have today, if the problem's not right there where you can't fix it in a three- to five-foot snaking uh, from from the opening of that plumbing drain, you know, what well, what you say, what could go wrong past that? Well, there's a lot. There's mm-hmm. uh, a product called Orangeburg Piping. Mm-hmm. Uh, Day and Night Plumbing actually came in and, and gave us a, a huge history on it. It comes from Orangeburg, New York. And it was installed through the 70s mm-hmm. throughout Arizona, thinking it was going to be closer to a 70 and 100 year uh, <laughs> yeah. product. And we're finding out, you know, we're at the 50 and 60 year and we're getting a lot of failure yeah. there. So it could be that the drain line down is actually collapsing from mm-hmm. the weight of the soil compressing on it. Uh, tree roots are a huge Big. Uh, factor yeah. in, in plumbing drain lines. Uh, those roots, if there's a tiny bit of crack and a root finds that uh, water source, the root just keeps following and snaking it and it'll grow into mm-hmm. the drain. A lot of people say that roots can seek out the water, but most tree professionals tell you that's not true. They just grow, right. and if they find a water source along then their growing gonna, path, then they follow right. it. But there's nothing in the tree that has a water-seeking right. beacon. <laughs> it doesn't it have just, a pipe seeker. <laughs> it just seems like it when you yeah. find a root that's mm-hmm. invaded your system. It, it seems like mm-hmm. it, it sought it out. So. Cat, old cast iron, super common. There's a lot of uh, 40s, 50s, um, in particular houses with cast iron drains in – if you still have one of those, um, you're probably <laughs> you're due for a, a, a call one of our Rosie certified plumbers and get a video drain scan at least. Um, we did a remodel a couple of years ago, um, and you know, as the homeowners describing their plumbing system, they start like, well, and sometimes the shower backs up a little bit, and sometimes the this, and sometimes the you know, and you look and built you know 1967 it's like all right one of the first things we're doing is putting a video camera down these things and sure enough one of they had a powder bath that the drain in the ground near the toilet was basically gone there was dirt that with our nice clay soil had basically made a dirt pipe with a little cast iron shell above it so it's you know it uh they just rust away so mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, so if you're having a major systemic plumbing problem, and a lot of times you'll see it in multiple places in your home, um, yeah, it's time to it's time to get that thing looked at because you could you could have something in your main drain line going on. In my mind, building the perfect forever home that would last for generations, all of the plumbing supply and drain would be on exterior walls so you can easily access it if there was anything that ever went in the center because i you know I, it would be i think design wise pretty quirky if all of them were there but anything that's not against an exterior wall 
the plumbing drain would actually be built in a concrete trough, mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. they would be in there, and then the flooring would disguise that. So if any time you ever needed to get to the drain line, you're not having demolished do concrete demolition to get underneath. Um, you're able to access that through you know pre-designed and mm-hmm. built trough, concrete troughs that hold these plumbing and drain lines. Um, because I, that is one thing that I, I look at when it's going in. It's like you're putting water and drain underneath concrete. How are you ever going to get to that? And it's a very intrusive uh, process when when you do have to. And it's just, then it's like, well, now you're busting up your, your floor of your home. So mm-hmm. designing and, and enhancing the way that's designed and installed uh, is, is one of the main things I think about when designing my perfect forever home. Jenny's got a question about noises from her pipes. Uh, so we're going to see how we can help her with that. We can do a lot here at Rosie on the House, but we can't stop the clock. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll get to Jenny. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you to get on the line, like Jenny, who wants to talk about an issue she's having at her home. Good morning, and tell us about uh, what you're experiencing. Well, you just you were just talking about in the bathroom problems with the stupid plumbing, and that's what my <laughs> problem is. Um, I had to uh, plunge a toilet, and I, I, there's two bathrooms: the one by my bedroom is the one I use all, mostly all the time. Um, when my friend is not here very often, so it's mostly me. But it was it was clogged, so I plunged it, and I'm not having a problem with that. But this, when I woke up in the morning, there's water all over the place, and I'm like, oh my god, what's happening? So I turned the water completely off at the at the wall, um, and left it alone. So the next morning, like this morning, there's still some water in there. There's some. It's get. It's leaking right around the the, the valve on the wall, um, down down at the bottom of the toilet. So I don't know. Does, I've also heard that the pipes are making noises. Like it will, it'll. Just when I'm, I'm like drifting off to sleep, you'll hear this kind of thud or thunk in in the wall up mm-hmm. in the ceiling, mm-hmm. and you'll hear this. These pipes are crick, making cracking, kind of metal metallic, metallic noises all the way down. That. That happens in almost every night, so I don't mm-hmm. know what that's something's going on. Yeah, if you got water on the floor, um, yeah, we gotta we gotta figure that out. And did you think it came out from the toilet bowl, or were you saying it came out from the valve that the supply to the toilet? I'm not sure. Okay, <laughs> Wait, I, was, was the toilet? Like it's, the water is right under the valve. Okay, the water is. But and the toilet bowl wasn't full though. No. Yeah. So well, it's it, just full of water. But I mean, it wasn't to the rim where it was flowing over. Oh no, no, no! Okay. It's not cl- the toilet's clear, clear now. Yeah, it's probably my guess is underneath the valve. Is it plastic valve? It might be a. I have no idea. A metal the braided thing is the, is the rest it, of it is, is metal. Mm-hmm. Right, well, and and even that's not true. It might be braided metal, which is the best kind. Uh, it's a rubber hose underneath it, and then they put the metal braid over it to, uh, you know, increase the the structural support. But a lot of times they'll still put cheap plastic nuts on the ends. Yeah. That break, and you know, one of the things that 
again, back to the perfect house and design, why they don't put um, a ball cock shutoff valve at every toilet supply line just before that I baffles me. My guess is that just needs to be replaced with, uh, you know, whether it's got to be cut and we solder on a new one. But that that hose is your problem. Potentially, yeah. A- another very common point of failure, and this isn't would be an easy one uh, for you to check, um, where that supply line comes up to the bottom of the tank, just feel around right there, and if it's wet – where where your supply hose screws into where the water goes in in the bottom of the tank, um, those are usually plastic fittings, <laughs> and they fail regularly. Um, it's hard to find brass ones anymore, to tell you the truth. You have to go searching for them. They're, they're out there, but you have to go looking for them. So, and that's an easy check. If you feel underneath there and it's wet, you've got a crack there or something. Um, or or the the quarter if she's got a quarter turn valve where it comes out of the wall could be leaking um little less likely would be um the wax seal where the toilet sits down on top of the drain has actually failed and when it's doesn't sound like it with the way she described it but when it's being flushed water's coming out of that that's a possibility as well uh she mentioned the shutoff valve was turned off Something I do every month in my home because I don't have soft water. Every month I turn every valve mm-hmm. around quarter turn or however long mm-hmm. it takes. If you if you don't have a soft water system, the hard water will eventually make it tough yeah. for you to turn it when you. And even if you have a water softener, I'd encourage people to do that. Absolutely, they, they just lock up sitting there. Mm-hmm. And that's where you know, especially in a hard water situation, a ball cock valve instead of a gate valve mm-hmm. that you have to spin is. Yes. You, know, yeah. you can always get that ball cock yeah. valve to move. And the for anyone out there who doesn't know what we're if you have to turn your shutoff valve a bunch of times it's got a little round handle on the top that's an old style gate valve i'd highly recommend calling a plumber and getting those replaced um and if you can solder uh it's not that hard shut off the water supply cut it off sweat on a new ball cock valve and then connect a brass or stainless steel uh fitting yeah not and a lot of them sides. are com- uh, a lot of the quarter turns are compression fittings, so you don't even need that's to solder. So that's you, true. I, I always forget that that came out uh, about those started hitting the market about mm-hmm. about the time I um, had finished building your place. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I no, they're they're fantastic. I those, they're, those exist. That's I changed everything to quarter. Yep. On my house. Yeah, quarter turn compression. Uh, Fitting valves are very easy. Uh, you know, if you're listening and you're relatively handy, you can do it. And Jenny, you'd also mention the hammering sound. That's probably what we call an air hammer, or the pressure to your home is so great that when the water a, a water shut off, all the the water momentum inside the pipe slams to the end, and it makes a that slamming sound. There's uh, Sioux Indian Chief has. A product that you can install on your plumbing to uh, avoid that. 